they, they fire rockets into Israel, and obviously Israel is very high-tech by the you know, blessing of the Lord. The favor of God is a very strong uh, country, uh, obviously being the, the people of God. And so they, have, they are s- s- uh, far advanced beyond many countries around them. And so they have what they, is called the Iron Dome. Uh, which is able to shoot down missiles that fly into their country. And, you know, it's not like it's, sadly, it, it's, a, it's a common uh, thing to have the airstrike sirens go off and people take shelter because rockets have been launched into their, their country. And uh, obviously with Israel's technology, they, they shoot them down and they still are doing that. And it's you see any of the recent videos it's I mean it's almost like fireworks they're going up and then they're just exploding in the sky because Israel's shooting shooting at the missile that's shooting at them and hitting it and blowing up in the sky and it's 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 crazy it's amazing to see that happen sadly uh but it's always like uh, there people are always calling for peace for the 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 things to de-escalate and obviously nobody wants war but uh, as as many rockets are fired are launched into Israel, and yet the world tells Israel to stand down and to hold their peace and and all these things. And I always shake my head because if one country fired one rocket into United States, we would we wouldn't handle that, right? But yet Israel gets rockets launched into their country all the time, and we told we tell them to calm it down. But we would not, we would not, if, if Cuba launched a rocket towards us, there wouldn't be Cuba anymore. But yet, it, the same thing happens to Israel, and we tell, the world tells Israel to calm down. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy how the world treats Israel, and uh, as, as, as we know that Israel is the people of God, while people may not understand it, there is a, a deep hatred for the people of God. Uh, not necessarily them per se, but there's just a spiritual hatred towards anything that uh, that is of God, and, and obviously they are the the chosen people of God and chosen nation of God, uh, and so there's always going to be this hatred towards them, uh, whether people can uh, can under can explain it or not, uh, that it is there, and it goes back far beyond most of us. In most countries nowadays, always obviously back to uh, Abraham and his and his mistake, bad choice that he made, and and the world pays for it dearly. Uh, so, this has kind of been this is in my mind this is kind of like a checkpoint, a an end time checkpoint uh, events that have happened. Uh, we we hear about the end time and and we know that we are in in the end times and it just uh, it's it's. Shocking on one hand to see something new happen uh, that just really just like, wow, gets your attention. And uh, obviously, this is, uh, obviously got the world's attention ab- about uh, what is going on over there now. And it's, it's amazing to, to look in, to think about this, Gaza, where, where Gaza is. And, and it's part of Israel, uh, but they don't, that's where they've kind of... Uh, Come to some kind of at least it's been some kind of temporary peace agreement where the 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 Palestinians the Arabs can live in this area this little strip and it's kind of a neutral zone but really 
uh, if you go into the scripture, really Gaza is uh, given to Israel. It's a part of the, the national borders and boundaries that God declared to Abraham that this will be the land that I give you. Uh, and so uh, Israel is, has been given Gaza by the Lord. And obviously in the years past, they, they haven't really taken claim of that and ownership. It just, like I said, has been a neutral territory. Uh, but Israel uh, has to understand, and I think they do, that uh, Gaza is theirs. Uh, not because of their trip, but God gave them Gaza. That's promised to them. That land is promised to them. While the Palestinians that live in Gaza, they they don't want a single Jew inside the nation of Israel. They want to claim all of uh, all of Israel for themselves as their land. They think it's their land. Uh, but sadly, the promise does not go to the, the to Ishmael and his descendants. The this promise, the seed of Abraham, is of Isaac. Uh, and that's where the modern day nation is today, uh, is the seed of Isaac, the seed of the promise. Uh, and so that land, whether they uh, Hamas realizes it or not, uh, that land will be uh, under Israel's control at some point in the future because it is God gave it to them. Uh, and so uh, this, what has happened the past week, Israel has... Uh, if you've seen any of the, the, the headlines or videos that Israel has been bombing uh, Gaza like crazy and it's just, it's destroying it. Uh, and they said that this, their retaliation for this attack is going to be uh, like none other they've had before. Uh, and so obviously this has uh, raised things to different levels and, and uh, unstabilized the, the Middle East and it's... Uh, we, we know how it's going to end, whether it's, it's going to happen sooner or later, but ultimately we know that uh, it's all going to be in the hands of the Israelites. Um, but it's, it's looking into Gaza. Uh, if you look in the Bible, search the word Gaza, Gaza is in there. It's one of the oldest lands uh, in the world. Uh, and so uh, we'll, we'll probably eventually get to it, but talking about Joshua and invading the, the promised land. And Joshua chapter 10, it talks about them conquering and going into Gaza. Uh, so that's where exactly where they're at, the world is at right now. And uh, uh, probably one of the more, more familiar stories that involves Gaza is from a man named Samson, went down to Gaza. Uh, they plotted to kill him. And so what did he do at midnight? He ripped the gates off of Gaza and carried them up to the mountain and, and set them up top on the mountain. And so where they're battling right now, uh, Samson, years and years, thousands of years ago, ripped the gates off Gaza and took them to the mountain. And so that uh, obviously the uh, that land, as I said, is given to the to the Israelites, whether the Hamas likes it or not, uh, and so it will be in the hands of the Israelites sooner or later. Uh, it's amazing to see uh, the, the the news has been there's Gaza has kind of always been in the news. As I said, the neutral town or neutral area that where Hezbollah and Hamas are, um, but 
one thing that struck me this week and, and just hearing the headlines and passing uh, is that it, it's not just Gaza. It's not just there, but it's also the, the phrase that struck me, uh, struck a chord with me and my spirit was uh, uh, being attacked from the north. And that just, that just stood out to me uh, because the Bible talks about uh, an army invading from the north into Israel. And so uh, I think it was either uh, maybe earlier this morning or last night that Israel started bombing in the north, uh, took out uh, airports in Syria. So now it's bombed another country, Syria, north of, north of uh, Israel, Syria. It's bombed there, took out their Damascus airport. Uh, and so now the, the, the war front is not just in Gaza, but now it's spreading into the north. And the Bible, as I mentioned, the Bible talks about uh, an armies invading Israel from the north. And if you go to with me to uh, the book of uh, Ezekiel, uh, chapter 38, and here's, here's where it says, The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the, the land of Magog, the chief uh, prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him, saying, Thus the Lord said, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, and the chief of Meshach and Tubal. And obviously, Gog and Magog and uh, Tubal, they're all north of Israel. Uh, and so, I will turn thee back, I will put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields and all of them handling swords, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya with all them, all of them with the shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands of the house of Tugamara in the north quarters and all the bands and many people with thee. Be thou prepared and prepare for thyself, thou and thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited, in the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel, which have always uh, been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm, thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, and thou and all thy lands and many people with thee. And thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that... At the same time shall things come into thy mind that thou think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up into the land of unwalled villages, referring to Israel. I will go uh, to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, and take a spoil. And to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited. Israel was desolate, but now it is inhabited. And upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which I've gotten. Uh, and so Sheba, Dedan, and the merchant of Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, will say to thee, Art thou come to take spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take prey? Carry away silver and gold to take away cattle and goods to take a great spoil? Uh, therefore, son of man, prophesy, saying to Gog, thus saith the Lord, uh, in that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, and thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, great company, a mighty army, and thou shalt come against my people of Israel. 
uh, a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that thou heathen may know me, and that I, that I will be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. And so uh, this is the, the prophecy that is going to the armies of the north that will eventually invade Israel. And when, when I heard this week about, the, uh, about being attacked from the north, immediately I began to think about this. Uh, and so, because up until now, it's, it's you know, been Gaza down here by Egypt. Uh, but whenever they talk about the north. And, and the is- interesting part here about all that is going on is, is obviously right now the battle is with, uh, with Gaza, the Palestinians and Hamas and all them and uh, with Israel. Uh, but Hamas is just a group of people that are uh, funded from... Uh, other Palestinians and Arab countries, most, uh, most, uh, most of their funding and support comes from Iran. Uh, and so I'd, it has been said that uh, Iran has said that if, if Israel invades Gaza, then that may cause Iran to attack Israel. Uh, and so Israel has said that they're going to invade Gaza. We're going to 300,000 soldiers. They've bombed it all. Now they're getting ready to 300,000 soldiers to march in. And just every square inch of Gaza, they're going to patrol and, and wipe out uh, the armies there. So we have to see what's going to happen if that happens because Iran says, well, if you, if you go into Gaza, then we're going to attack you. And that's, you know, I'm not worried about Iran uh, the issues with Iran now is if Iran is dragged into it, who, who, is, who supports Iran? Who supports Syria? Who supports Lebanon and all these? Russia is the big supporter of them. And so then the question begs, well, if, if Iran is dragged into a war and Syria is dragged into a war, uh, does that bring Russia into the war as well, which Russia is obviously as north as you can get, and that can... Gog and Magog is is somewhere up in that area, is, is so as as much as we seem. So, uh, you see, this is just how it's it's a domino effect how things are happening, and I believe uh, as as we had seen in in just a few years ago, 2020, with COVID, as the world literally came to a screeching halt, which is something that had never happened before. Uh, I had said, and, and I believe that COVID definitely helped show us the system and the foundation for an antichrist to easily rise to power. And if COVID can shut the whole world down, then all it takes is one man at, at the top to shut the world down because we've already seen it happen. We've seen the, the nations clamp down and restrict people's freedoms, and you can't you can't buy or sell and. Uh, without some uh, vaccine passport, you can't travel without a certain passport or so, certain card. We've seen all of these systems in place, uh, so we know that they're there, and they know they've already been tried on the world, and so uh, I'm sure they are perfecting it for round two. Uh, it seems like that might be coming around sooner than later, but what is interesting, if if the this foundation, the stage has kind of been set for as at least we can see with technology how the Antichrist can rise to power. Uh, the other thing that must happen 
that brings the Antichrist to the world stage is this man is able to negotiate peace with Israel and the world. And so in order for Israel to accept a peace agreement, Israel has to be at war. And they just declared war on Sunday for the first time in 50 years. And so I think that this war that we are seeing now could be very well be the war that the Antichrist brings a peace to. That's how close I think we are into these last days. That's how close I believe that we are in uh, to seeing the rapture of the church and the final years of this world as we know it. Uh, now, when Second Thessalonians talks about uh, before the Son of Man is revealed, that the the restrainer has to be taken out of the way. Something is holding back the Antichrist from coming to power, and the, let him that letteth be uh, letteth uh, be taken away. And so, I believe that it is the the church that is the restraining power. That is holding the Antichrist from, from stepping up to the stage. So if, if this war is the war that he's going to bring peace to, before, the, before he can step up and bring peace, uh, then that would mean that the rapture of the church would have to happen. And so that would mean that the rapture of the church is literally right around the corner. The next major thing uh, on the world stage would be uh, would be the rapture of the church. Obviously, we believe there's a you know a harvest and a revival and an outpouring of God's spirit uh, across the world, and um, so we're going to have revival, and there's going to be the rapture of the church, and this very well could be that war where the antichrist, which would mean that he's already alive and he's around and he's in power somewhere, but the door hasn't been opened yet for him to step on the stage uh, to assume that role and position because everything is lining up uh, and so we are certainly most certainly in the last days and so now is not the time to get lazy at church or lackadaisical at church now's the time that we got to hey now's the time we've really got to pay attention and really got to say uh, Lord we got to we got to seek after you like never before. We got to make sure our uh, there's oil in our lamps uh, for the return of our Lord and Savior because it literally can happen at any moment. Uh, because just the things that we are seeing in the natural uh, are telling us the things in the spiritual that are happening and getting ready to happen. So we have to make sure that we are uh, ready to. Uh, meet the Lord and making sure that we are working out our own salvation to be prepared for that day because we don't want to miss out on the rapture of the church. Uh, and so that's kind of been uh, the, the, the end times checkpoint, little, little speech, a uh, little message just from what has happened in the last week. Now, obviously, the, uh, another thing to look forward to tomorrow and to pray about for tomorrow is that uh, these these leaders, Hamas, whoever I don't know exactly who it was, but they declared that all uh, that tomorrow would be the international day of jihad or the international day of terror, and so they are people are wondering and expecting 
uh, possible terror attacks across the world because it's been called for, to, for tomorrow. So be sure to say a prayer uh, when you wake up in the morning for tomorrow that nothing would happen uh, because if you've seen anything, what, what, what Israel is dealing with, what kind of enemy, what kind of wickedness and evil is out there that is killing uh, uh, innocent people and children and, and elderly people and just, just shooting and killing everybody, uh, they're, uh, they're in it to, to win it, and Israel is in it to win it. And we know who's ultimately going to win it is Jesus Christ, right? We are on the winning side. Uh, and so as what we have seen, what the world has seen in the past week of what these people are capable of, uh, and it's, it's disturbing that they would call for a worldwide day of terror for tomorrow. And so pray to God that we don't see anything, uh, anything more or extra. Obviously, what we see now is already too much. But uh, we know that God is in control even when the world seems like it's in chaos. We have him on our side. Amen. We have the, the word of God. We have the promise. We have the rapture of the church. We have... Uh, the blessings of the Lord, and so uh, we are going to pray uh, like never before, and we got to get ready like never before because we are living in times that have, are unlike any other. The fulfillment of so many prophecies coming to pass in these last days, uh, and so uh, we are preparing ourselves as as best we can, and so. We, we're, we've been talking about invading the darkness. Now, obviously, we've got a, a better glimpse this past week of what darkness, has, how it manifests itself in 2023. This is the type of darkness uh, that is out there. Uh, and, if, and if people think that they can negotiate with, these, with this darkness, they can't because there's, they're, they're not going to settle for anything. What, what, these, what the, the Arabs want... They want everybody to convert to Islam. Convert to Islam or die. That's, that's, that's a negotiation. You convert or die. And that's, there, there's no negotiation with them. Uh, and so that is a picture of the darkness and evil out there uh, that is in the world today. Uh, it, it's always been there, but for some reason now is the time it is manifesting itself stronger than ever before. And we know because we are in the last days. And so as, as evil and as dark as the world has been this past week, uh, we as the church, uh, uh, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, right? No weapon formed against us is going to prosper against the church. And so even as evil and as dark as the world is out there, we still have the power and the calling to invade the darkness and not to be afraid of them, not to be afraid of the enemy because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And so uh, whatever you see on the news, uh, as, as, as shocked as we may be, uh, we, we cannot be afraid of that. 
Because then that means the enemy gets the upper hand if he can use fear over the people of God. And we have not get, been given that spirit of fear, but of power. And so uh, no matter how dark the enemy looks, we are still victorious. We are still a light. The darkness cannot stamp out the light, but what does the light scatters the darkness. The light has power over the darkness. We have power over the enemy and over the darkness of the world. And so... Uh, we should not back down or we should not be afraid, but we should stand when we, we've done all that we can do to stand, to know that the Lord will be with us. Amen. And so, uh, as we talked about last week, that everything, uh, the, the battle is already won. Victory has already been declared, that Jesus has been, uh, ha- has been set up far in, in heavenly places far above all power, all might, and dominion, and over every name that is named. Jesus already has reached that place. He already has power over everything. Amen. And so he put all things under his feet and to be head over all things to the church. And so Jesus has power over all of that. And guess what? We have Jesus inside of us. Amen. That is the greatest comfort in the last days to know that Jesus lives inside of me. That all power in heaven and earth lives inside of you and of me because we receive the Holy Ghost. We receive that spirit of power. Amen. And so we should not be afraid or timid or, 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 or ashamed because uh, we have what is greater inside of us. And so if we are in Christ's body, then that means the devil is under our feet. Uh, He is already under there. We just have to tell ourselves that the battle is already won. Victory is already declared. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so uh, here, Joshua, as as we've been talking about, uh, along with the opening illustrations of of D-Day and World War II about uh, you have to have the first step to invade darkness is you have to have the right mindset. You got to get your mind made up that we're going to go in and we're going to declare victory. That we're not going to back down. We're not going to be afraid. You have to have that right mindset as uh, the, the first go around Israel did not have the right mindset because they saw themselves as grasshoppers and they said we cannot win. And so God says I can't, I, I can't, I, I need your faith. Uh, to help uh, to help conquer the land. If you're not willing to go, uh, we're not going to get anywhere. So you need to walk around in the wilderness for 40 years until the next generation who says we can go uh, because they have the right mindset to invade the, the territory that God has given them. And so you have to have the right mindset. Your mind has to be made up. And so here Israel is uh, on the brinks of Jordan getting ready to cross over. And, and so... You first have to have your own mind made up of who you are, what God has given you, the calling upon your life, and the power that is inside of us and on our side. Once you realize that, uh, you should be ready to go invade the army. Um, uh, An ancient Chinese uh, warrior's name was uh, Sun Tzu. He wrote this book thousands of years ago called The Art of War. He said, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. 
You don't need to worry about 100 battles. If you know who you are and you know who the enemy is, don't worry about 100 battles. You will, you will, win, the, you will win them if you know them. But he said, if you know yourself, but not the enemy. For every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. So it's not good enough just to know who you are. But if you want the victory of 100 battles, you got to know who you are and you got to know who the enemy is. He goes on to say, if you know neither, if you don't know who yourself nor your enemy you will succumb in every battle. You will lose every battle if you don't know who you are and you don't know who the enemy is. Obviously, this is a man that we are quoting. It is not scripture, but it is, uh, it is a, a, a principle of war that has stood the test of time. And so uh, we, we, we're applying this to the day of Joshua. And obviously, Joshua know, knew who he was. Uh, because 40 years earlier, him and Caleb were the ones who said, let's go and we can, we can do this. So he knew who he was. He knew who Israel was. He knew who their God was. And he, he knew who the enemy was. He knew that they would not be able to stand against their God. He knew no matter how tall those giants were, he knew who his God was. And that they would fall just like any other person was. And so uh, Joshua and Caleb uh, need not fear the result of a hundred battles. Why? Because they knew who they were and they knew who their enemy was. But the rest of Israel did not know who they were, but they knew who their enemy was. And so you cannot win. Uh, and so in order and, and to avoid uh, catastrophic losses, the Lord says, we're going to just walk around in circles. So you guys are gone and the next generation rises up. So we've been talking about who we are. Uh, and having the right mindset of, of who we are. Uh, but to, to dive into this principle of war, uh, we need to know who our enemy is uh, if we w- want to uh, win more than just one battle. Uh, we've got to know who they are. And, and we know who our enemy is. It is Satan and the kingdom of darkness. Uh, and so, but it's more than just knowing who his names or whatever they are. We gotta, uh, we gotta understand, get into their minds, and understand what what are they thinking about when they look at us? Because we have, we can read our own minds if we're looking at the enemy. We can, we have that uh, that ability to read our own thoughts. Uh, and so we know what we think about the enemy, but what does the enemy think about us? If we could find that out, that would be that would be a great asset to anybody, right? To know what your enemy thinks of you. Uh, and so uh, we know that um, we know that we have power over the enemy. And we know that they cannot stand against us, but how, how great would it be to be able to read their thoughts? They'll never tell us their thoughts, but we can, we can divide and search the scripture and we can figure out what it is that they are thinking about us. Uh, one of the things that the 12 spies did, 
the first go around as they went to the land to look at the land and, and to see if it truly does flow with milk and honey like they've heard for four, 430, 500 years, 450 years. Hundreds of years they heard about a land flowing with milk and honey. That's all they knew, flowing with milk and honey. They, they go into the land and they bring back evidence. And their word of their testimony was, surely it, flows with, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. You've been hearing that promise for 400 years and you finally see it. And that is not enough to say, let's go. If that part is good, the rest of it should be good. The rest of God's promises of good. If we showed up to a land that we heard about for 500 years, and it's exactly what God told us it's going to look like, what more, here's the evidence of it. I mean, what more do you need to say, hey, if that part is true, everything else I heard about my God is going to be true as well. So let's go ahead and get it. Let's go and claim it and invade the darkness and invade the territory. Uh, but that was not their, what their thinking was. They, along with actual evidence of the word of God and the prophecies that they held and they tasted, um, they saw the enemies in the land and they saw the children of Anak. They saw the giants and they said that, uh, you know, we are grasshoppers in uh, their sight and in our sight too. They they. They whittled down their own stature and their confidence, and, uh, and, and they, they had the strength of a grasshopper in their own mind, and that's just going to get squashed against a giant. Uh, and so uh, we are told their thoughts towards the enemy. But one thing they didn't do is they didn't interview somebody in the land of Canaan and say, what do you guys think of us? Because it... We know what we think of you. What do you guys think of us? And nobody did that the first go around. But had they done that, they probably would have been amazed at what the Canaanites, what their thoughts were about the people of God. But instead of, instead of doing that, they just rested on their own thoughts and said, well, we're grasshoppers, let's get out of here. The second go-around, 40 years later, Joshua sends two spies in the land. This time, they actually interview somebody and say, what do you think about us? And it's shocking to hear what the enemy thinks about the children of Israel. It's shocking. Had they known this 40 years earlier, hopefully that would have changed things. We see... Uh, as they, they go into Jericho and they take safety and shelter in Rahab's house, who's obviously an inhabitant of the land, she's not a, not a, a person of God, uh, and she tells us the thoughts that the enemy has, the mindset that the enemy has. And, and this is 40 years later. I would go on, I would further to say that this, this mentality probably has not changed. Uh, and so in Joshua, the second chapter, here we get an interview. We get to get into the mind of the enemy and get to see what they think about the people of God. Uh, here she says, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When you came out of Egypt, 
And what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom he utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. And so... Here is a, a testament of what the enemy thinks about the people of God. And what happens was uh, they were actually the grasshoppers that day. The enemy was the real grasshoppers, but instead Israel thought that they were grasshoppers in their own minds, and so therefore they never stepped foot in the, in the Canaan, and they walked around and they lost out on the battle. Uh, what she is talking about happened 40 years earlier. Right. Nothing else has happened since then. And so she's still talking about the fear and the, uh, the, 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 the fear that has been resting over the land of Canaan for 40 years because of the people of God that were just on the other side of the Jordan and their hearts melted and there not remained any courage in anybody. Nobody of the enemy wanted to go. Uh, now if they only realized that 40 years earlier, the giants were, were afraid in their own hearts uh, because they're the same people, the same land. The giants are still there. Uh, and so had Israel only knew who they were and had they known who their enemy was, they would not have to fear the result of a hundred battles because uh, in the, the mind of their enemy, uh, they were already defeated. Uh, and so knowing who our enemy is and knowing who, our, who we are is only going to further the victory that God's going to do inside of us. And so we know who we are, and we know who our enemy is, and we know that they are, are afraid of the people of God. How do we know that the devil himself is afraid of you? Because it says, if you submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The devil himself will run away from you if you are submitted to the Lord. That tells us what he thinks about a, a child of God. That tells us what he thinks about a Holy Ghost filled person that has been born again, baptized in his precious name. The devil is afraid of you and me and so we have to realize that, not just know who we are but know who the enemy is because knowing that further advances what God wants to do in us and through us because it gives us even that much more courage knowing that the devil is afraid of you I know many people are afraid of the devil, but if you've been born again, you need to understand that the Bible tells us that the devil is actually afraid of you. Because if you are submitted to the Lord, he knows he cannot defeat the Lord. But you need to do uh, what it, your part is, and that is to remain submitted to the word of the Lord and to him. If you do that, the devil will run away from you. Now, doesn't that just kind of change everything? The mindset of everything, that the devil will run away from me. That the devil will run away from you. If the devil knocks on your door and you answer it and you're submitted to God, he's going to say, sorry, wrong house. And he will run away with his tail tucked between his legs because uh, you are surrendering and submitted to God. 
So the devil is afraid of you. Uh, and so knowing that, if you alone can defeat the, the general of the enemy, you can just take him out. What the, the rest of them, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're going to follow him. They're not, if you can take out Satan, what are the, what's, what, what chance do they have? The, the, the imps and the, the, the demons, the, the, the lower ranking devils, what chance do they have if you can take out, if that, if you can take out the leader? Uh, and so that is why Jesus says, uh, he's given unto us power over all the enemy. All of the enemy, we have power. You have power over it. If we are submitted to uh, the Lord, the devil will flee from us uh, because we know who we are and we know who the devil is. That's why we cast out devils in the name of Jesus. We know they have no power. We know the power resides in us through the Holy Ghost. And, and so knowing who we are, a man of God, a woman of God, uh, is untouchable if we are submitted committed to the Lord, and so the enemy will flee from us, and we can invade the darkness knowing that they cannot do anything against us. Musicians, if you would come, and so this is another, uh, another moment where we get into the mindset of the enemy is when Jesus in Matthew 8, when he came to the other side in the country of the uh, Gadarenes there met him to possess with devils coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce so that no man might pass by that way and behold they cried out the, the legion of devils cried out and said what do we have to do with thee Jesus thou son of God they said we're not we're not bothering you Jesus leave us alone now only somebody who's afraid is going to say that. What do we have to do with thee? We, have, we didn't bother you, Jesus. Why are you over here in our, in our territory? Why did you start invading our, our, our area? What do we have to do with thee? How did we offend thee? He says, art thou come hither to torment us before the time? There's two things there. The time, they know there's a time. They know there's a time. They only have a certain amount of time left before they know what their end is going to be. That's going to be eternal damnation, eternal torment for all of eternity. They know about the time. And they know that their time is running short. Why do you think things are going the way that they are out there? Because the devil knows there's not much time left. And we better get to it while we have the time available. Uh, and so they know that there is a time. But they also said, art thou come hither to torment us? Jesus had the power right then and there to begin tormenting them. And they knew that they, have not, they cannot do anything against him. Please don't torment us, Lord. Please don't torment us, Jesus. That, that confession right there says that they have no power and that they're begging for mercy. 
don't torment us right now don't torment us before our time of tormenting uh, and so that that shows you what they think about Jesus and guess what we have Jesus inside of us and so whenever we start stepping into the the world of the darkness into the dark realm around us uh, that's the thought that the enemy has oh what do we have to do with you Jesus what do we have to do with you uh, apostolic praise please don't come under our area Please don't come into our neighborhood. What do we have to do with you? I'll tell you what. We're going to invade the darkness because there are souls that need to be reached. There are souls that need to be delivered from the arms and the, the addiction of evil and darkness. And they have no power to resist a man or woman of God that is submitted to the Lord uh, because they have to flee because they have no power. You stand with me tonight. And so knowing who we are, but also knowing who the enemy is, gives you a confidence like none other, knowing that they cannot do uh, anything outside of God's will. They have no power to, to do that. And uh, even uh, Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Now, when, when he said this, when he said that, there was no church. There was no church. He had not died. The things haven't been fulfilled. Prophecy hasn't been, happened yet. Uh, but this was after, he, you know, he rebuked, he rebuked Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. So, obviously, Satan was nearby somewhere. And so I believe that Satan listens to every word that God speaks because he knows there's power in his word. He was there. He saw what happened when God said, let there be light, and all of a sudden, there was light. The devil knows exactly how powerful the word of God is, and that's why he's afraid. We need to, we need to understand how powerful the word of God is. And so he, he understands that. And so here is God speaking. And God said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The devil doesn't know what the church is yet. It hasn't been born yet. It hasn't been revealed. It's still a mystery that's been hidden until, his, until the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then we see the, what this church is. So it hasn't been established yet, but as much as the devil knows this day, that day, the devil heard a new word, church. Never heard, that's the first time church has been mentioned in scripture, church. And so the devil never heard that word before, and you better believe it, the devil's paying attention. So he, he heard God speak again, saying, The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so we know and the devil knows that when God speaks, something happens. 
that it does not return void, that his word goes and accomplishes, it prospers whether to where it is sent, and it's not going to come back void. And so when Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, boom, that, that word went out. And there's nothing the devil can do against it. There's nothing the devil do can that can stop the word of God because it will accomplish what it is sent to do and it will prosper whether to it is sent. And so as much as the devil, the devil already had a problem with Jesus. He already tried to defeat him in the wilderness and he fled because he knew I there's no I I come to find out who this Jesus was and it, it was it was God wrapped in flesh. I got out of there, tried three times, and I'm out, struck out. And so he, devil, Jesus was already messing up the devil's world. But now he hears Jesus say a word he'd never heard before, church. And now the devil knows, without a shadow of a doubt, that whatever this church thing is, not going to be able to stop it. Whatever this church thing that Jesus talking about, I don't know what it is yet, but whatever that is, Jesus done said, I can't even do anything against it. The gates of hell shall not prevail of it. This ecclesia, I will not have power over the church. Jesus has already given me a headache and now I have to worry about what this church is going to end up being like uh, because I know this church thing is going to be a real problem for me, whatever it, has, whatever it is. I don't know what it is yet. And so he comes to find out on the day of Pentecost that if one Jesus gave the devil a, 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 a headache, on the day of Pentecost, now all of a sudden there's 120 Jesuses, that people that are filled with the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells inside of us. Now there's 120 of them. And, and now thus begins the beginning of the church. And if that wasn't enough, 3,000 more were added to the church. And you can see the devil pulling his head out, his hair out of his head, saying, man, I couldn't even handle one Jesus. Now there's over 3,000 of them. Uh, that is what Jesus meant when he said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So we have the mindset into the enemy. They're not going to defeat us. They're afraid of the church. They're afraid of what's inside of us. We have to realize who we are as the people of God. That who can stand against us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And when we invade the darkness, guess what? They're going to flee. They're going to run. They're going to let go of the souls. They're going to release the bonds of addiction and bondage that they have. Why? Because no, they cannot stand against us. We are on the winning side. No matter how bad it looks out there, we got to know who we are. We can't forget who we are and can't forget who our enemy is. Come on, do you believe that tonight? let's worship the Lord we have the victory we are going to be victorious in the name of Jesus hallelujah we are victorious gates of hell shall not prevail against us hallelujah we praise you Jesus God is on our side. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. awesome God. He is on our side. He's inside of us. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. We are victorious. We have the victory. We are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Don't let the enemy get you to get down from your heavenly place. You stay up in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's a place of victory. The right mindset, the mind of Christ. Understanding who we are as a people and understanding who our God is. And knowing what the enemy thinks about us. Amen. Is a recipe for victory. To invade the darkness. Amen. And take back the what the enemy took from us. Amen. Amen. God bless you all tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go out and be a light in this world and, and spread some hope and faith and cheer and love. Amen. Pray for the world tomorrow that there's no, no attacks or destruction. Amen. That God's hand is on his people. Amen. God bless you all.